Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Ben Evenson. I'm excited for what God has for this school year for each of you guys. And this is not limited to your middle schools and high schools, colleges, workplaces, everywhere you go. God wants to move in your world this year. Okay? I know it. It's like an absolute fact. And no one in this room can come up to me and say, no, actually, God does not want to be in my school. He does not want to change anybody's lives. He does not want to break chains off and, you know, kill depression and take over and bring joy to my school. Like that, God wants nothing more than to be all over your school hallways and up and down in every classroom and teachers and faculty and we got we got plans for this year. I keep saying this, and in two weeks, we're going to tell you the whole plan, all right? We have ideas and, like, stuff God's downloaded to us. We met with youth pastors from other areas around here and prayed with them for, like, was it two and a half hours we prayed? And, like, God was just giving us these ideas and thoughts, and we're going to do encounter nights combined with other youth ministries from all over the area. Yes, we're just, because it's not going to stick right here in this room. It's not staying here. This year, if that's one thing that I can say about this year, it is not going to be locked to these four walls of this cool youth room. Okay, that is not what this room was built for. It was not designed to be a hot spot where people just like come and then walk out and leave like some weird spiritual coat at the door. Like, no, it's meant to be this like fountain that spreads to this area. So I just want to like encourage you. And I hope your hope rises on that level to like, okay, God, could we see something change? Because I don't think any of you want to go just do another year of school. Right? Is anybody just going like, you know what? If I just go and do my classes and get my grades into the summer, I will be like, check, my life rocks. I don't think any of you are aspiring to just another year of classes and lunch and homework and repeat. Am I right? Is anyone in this room going, no, that actually would be like my dream come true, Ben. You love school, but is that all you just want to do? You're just like, just get it done and repeat. That's not true. Elena wants more than that. What? You love school. I'm not saying school's bad. That's not what I'm trying to get at. I'm not trying to say like you all hate school and you should. And No, I'm saying that just getting by through school is not your dream. Just completing the year is not like, oh, I've succeeded in life, right? That's not the end game of your entire existence, and I believe that with all my heart. But what we want to challenge you with and what's like really deep on my heart tonight is just this great reality of what God wants to do to take you into greater, deeper places with himself, okay? You've heard me talk about it before, like marriage like getting saved, like lots of people are like, I prayed and Jesus is in my heart. And that's their whole story. And that's completely it, okay? And I think there's a beauty to that. There's something incredible to getting saved, to saying a prayer, to giving your life to Jesus and being like, I commit my life. And oh, you like cried and everything was cool. And But listen to me, that is not the end of the road for your life. That's like showing up at your wedding and getting married. You said vows to Jesus. You committed your life and blah, 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 blah. And the next day you're like, huh. 
Does that make sense? I don't think any of you want a marriage like that. I did the wedding. What do you need from me? You know, like, we've been married 50 years, honey. I showed up at the wedding. What more do you want? Like, seriously, I think you're going like, oh, that would be awful, right? I think, seriously, inviting Jesus, giving your life to him is literally a moment in time that launches something that is so incredibly powerful and great for the rest of your life. And it's a journey into God from that moment forward. It is not a, wow, check that off my list. Now I'm going to go do my sports. I'm going to go do my music. I'm going to go this. And whenever I get hit by a car, I'll go to heaven. Praise God. No, literally people live in that realm. In the church, they'll grow up their entire lives going, I said a prayer when I was four and I'm a Christian. If I go to heaven, now God get out of my way so I can live my life till I die. And at least I won't go to hell. That's literally the mentality of many, 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 many Christians in America and around the world. That's sad. Serious. Who said that? Right there. Come on, that is a heartbreaking reality that is like, do any of you want to get married like that? Show up at the wedding, say the vows, walk away, be like, get out of my way, I want to live my life, and I can say I was married. Like, oh my word, what a sad reality. And I get this, okay, this, I've told some of you this before, a couple of years ago I was driving and I pulled up behind this car, and I love reading bumper stickers because it tells you a lot about people. You know, the bumper stickers you put on your car mean something, okay? Just take that advice. Because um, it is, an ex- it's an expression of you. But this guy's bumper sticker said, um, God's coming back soon, and he's really angry. I was like, oh, that's good news. That sounds like the gospel, right? Like, and I was going like, wow. And I get what he's saying. He's like, he's going like, yes, God is angry about sin. Does this make sense? God is angry about sin. He is not hating sinners. Does that make sense? But the connotation there is God's coming back and he's really pissed. So you better get yourself straight. And do what he said or else. Like, yeah, I can, I can just hear Jesus going like, you're all going to burn. You know, like, but he did say that there's hell. And he did say there's eternal fire and condemnation. Like, there, that's not like, I'm not pushing the reality of that away. But that is not the message of Jesus' life is, you better just follow me or burn. He said, no, come enter in to me and have relationship. And there's glory and there's, there's freedom and there's joy and there's fulfillment and there's destiny. And there's like this release of pressure to walk with me, your God, to live with me, your God. It, was, it is all a call unto the good But the enemy just wants you to be afraid that God's going to send you to hell. And that's where we get all kinds of conversations. And you've probably heard it from friends that are like, heaven sounds really lame, so at least if I'm in hell, I'll be partying with my bros. Like, that's literally a mentality that's like, you've heard people say stuff to that effect, am I right? Yes, people are like, why would I want to go to heaven? It sounds like a lame deal. Floating on a cloud, playing a harp for all eternity. 
because that's how Looney Tunes depicts it. Right? I mean, we get all of our ideas of heaven from cartoons. What if we actually looked at the Bible for what heaven was like? Oh, she just freaked out. You have a cartoon Bible. Does it, what does it make heaven look like? Com- comic Bible. Yeah. Like, what does it make heaven look like, though? Clouds and sunshine and... Oh my gosh, have you ever read the depiction of heaven in Revelation? This is not like, oh, everybody's got a cloud and a golden harp and they float around and play like old people music forever. Does that like, oh my gosh, is that the worst depiction you could ever have? Revelation describes heaven as this great and grand city that's what, 200 and something miles in this direction and that direction and there's gates all the way around the city and each gate to the city. A gate. How big do you picture a gate to a city being? You've got to at least be able to drive a Hummer through it, right? Come on. Or something. What's your favorite car? It's got to fit. That's a big gate. What are the gates made out of? Do you know? Who's got their revelation on? What? What? A pearl. Not just made of pearl, each gate to the city is carved out of a single pearl. That's ridiculous. God is preparing a place for you. The streets are paved with gold that is so pure that it's as clear as glass. I can't figure out what gold that's clear like glass can look like. That's beyond what? Pure gold doesn't, in my brain, gold is not clear. But somehow in this place that God has prepared is a place to blow your mind every moment of every day for all of eternity. That is the God who prepares a place for you. And do you have a mansion prepared for you in heaven? Sure. There's some reference to that in the Bible. Does that matter? I don't know. But if you've been in first service lift ever, and we've all, we always get onto this question, what's heaven like? What's all this kind of stuff? I have to, with all my heart, believe that whatever it is that you absolutely get like out of your mind excited and have a blast doing, heaven will be that and beyond. I'm so serious. We went down to South Carolina for vacation a few weeks ago, and we rented jet skis. I absolutely love to be on the water ever, but on a jet ski, and we had a guide who took us out into the ocean on jet skis, like over a mile straight out into the ocean. And that was the week that the storms were all flooding Pennsylvania. And it was pretty crazy down there too. The guide came back at the end and was like, I've never seen the waves that big before. He told us this after literally 15 foot waves, this ceiling is like eight and a half, nine feet tall. So almost twice the height of the ceiling, waves that were going up on a jet ski, and you're like, I don't know what's on the other side. He just said, stay with me, you'll be fine. Boom, he took off. And I'm like, oh no. So I got Tyler hanging on my back, you know. I'm like afraid I'm going to lose him in the ocean. And we're literally coming off the top of these waves, and like you're like, oh, there's a valley. Like, ah, and then you just gun it again. Like, my gosh, was that a taste of heaven for me. Can I really be honest with you? 
There is nothing about heaven that sounds like floating on a cloud playing a harp. Unless you're one of those people that loves to just go to the park, sit on a nice patch of grass, and play your guitar, chill all day long. That might be what heaven is like for you. But here's the difference. It's not just about satisfying your heart. It's doing what God wired you to do because he created you for a purpose to bring him glory. Heaven is simply everything that you could possibly desire to do in your natural center, like created being, doing it unto the Lord because you're in love. How many of you know you do crazy crap when you're in love? Oh my gosh. You do insane things when you, heaven is a place where there is absolutely no hindrance of sin. There is no risk of being hurt or dying. I love to think that in heaven, you'll be able to jump off the top of the city, land on your head on the golden streets and bounce. Can you please, like, if you have limited God and his greatest city For our eternity, if you've limited God to puffy clouds, you have got the wrong God in your box. Deeply incorrect. Because if you want to like just get your mind blown, God created this earth for our enjoyment. Do you understand that? There was no other purpose than for man to live and enjoy the earth. And God said to Adam and Eve, eat. Why? Why did they need to eat? They were going to live forever. They could not have starved to death. They could not have gotten sick. They could not have gotten tired. They could have not. For pleasure. God created humans to experience pleasure in the fullness of God and what he created them and designed them for. That is it. That was God's like, boom, I love them so much. I'm going to give them the craziest place. And most of you have never traveled more than a few states from Pennsylvania. We have seen some, I'm said most, I didn't, don't correct. I've actually, I know. Some of you have been to like 18 countries and you have seen the beauty of God's creation. You can hike like, you can drive 20 minutes from here and see the beauty of God's creation. You can go to Colorado, you can go to Arizona, you can go to Alaska. That's just America. Oh my gosh, you go out to the Caribbean and you see this kind of crazy. It's like every ounce of it was placed here for your eyes to see and say, God, you're amazing, you blow my mind. And I have to believe that heaven is every bit of what we see now on steroids. Not like actual drugs, okay? It's an expression. Look at me. I want you to understand that what you're being called into by the Spirit of God that comes and invites you to worship, that invites you to follow Him, that invites you to deepen your face into His, like Josh said, and recognize the delight that He sees on your life. When you shine up and go like, hey, God, He's like, oh, you're my best. Like, like, like dads and their baby girls. You know, it's like, you're incredible. You just crapped yourself all up your back and it's everywhere. You're incredible. Like God does not look at you going, oh, oh, oh. 
Seriously, I've seen some serious poopy blowouts with four kids. Not Tyler. He never did. Anyway, I had to throw that in there. Not Tyler. He was a perfect baby and never, never made a mess. Anyway, but look at me. A father that loves his children doesn't care about the messes. He sees the heart and he sees what he's so like. He sees the future. He sees the hope. He sees what all is potential. That is God's looking at your life. And like Josh preached last week, it's like the delight of his face upon your life is like, ah, like there are things that you do that break his heart, but it doesn't ruin the delight over who he created you to be. There are behaviors that spurt out of our insecurity and our lack of full understanding because we don't see the full face of God. We miss parts of it. We get a screwed up version of it by some screwy Christian that abused what God's face was supposed to look like and tried to control and manipulate us. So then we make that the picture of God and we say, he's not delighted in me. He just wants to push me around. That's not the God that sent his son to die on the cross so you could be free. If he was done with you, he wouldn't have done what he did. He paid it all and went to the ultimate limit so you could get set free right now. He knew what you were going to do. And if he wasn't willing to bring you back, he wouldn't have put his son on the cross for it. But those are the lies the enemy loves to fill our minds with is you have gone too far. You are to this. You are to that. He'll use people to say all the same things. What a destructive place in reality. So uh, this is, that took longer than I thought. But I've got, some, I've got some word of God to read tonight, okay? This is Passion Translation. If you don't have it, I heard, is it available now on version, The Bible app? Get it. Anyway, I have the printed version, but get the, the, the Bible app, and you can have the Passion Translation now. It's the whole New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs. He's still working on the rest of it because it's a lot of work to translate this. Anyway, because he's got footnotes. Look at this. Look at this. Just this page. The footnotes to explain what's right here are two-thirds or three-fourths of the page. Footnotes, text. This guy is ridiculous. I just, anyway. And what he does, and he fills this with the truth of God's heart and love towards his people. So here's the deal. Colossians 2, this might be a little bit broken up because I'm going to jump to a couple different things, but here we go. In the same way you receive Jesus Christ, our Lord and the Messiah by faith, continue your journey of faith, progressing further into your union with him. Your spiritual roots go deeply into his life as you are continually infused with strength. Do you know what infused means? It's literally like what they do with like an IV. Okay. An infusion is like when they're like, you know, like they just infuse your inner being from the inside out. It's like every inch of your being gets, oh, anyway, I love this. Continually infused with strength, encouraged in every way. How many of you could handle a little more encouragement in your day? Come on, press in to the process of going after God because he infuses you with strength. How many of you need more strength? Okay. And more in, and encouraged in every way, for you are established in the faith, and you have absorbed and enriched 
and, and oh, sorry, you have, in the faith you have absorbed and enriched by your devotion to him. Now listen, oh, I guess it was Katie that preached last week, right? Josh was two weeks ago about his delight. I can't keep track. It was mind-blowing to me. If you were, who was here last week for Katie Anderson preaching? Gosh, that was awesome. Anyway, Katie's story, the moment that clicked in my mind and my heart for, and this was like, Katie's was specifically for her situation, but it is absolutely across the board, 100% applicable to everybody's life, is she had to come to the place where she was willing to submit to the process. That was it. She tried everything, counseling and this and that and attempting this. Like, you can try to restrain yourself, hold back, do like, "Mm, I know this is wrong in my life until you're ready to say, okay, I'm ready to cooperate with the process of God to see my life transformed. How many of you know anyone who's in Christ is a new creation? The old is gone. The new has come. Does that mean it's finished and over? No. Okay? A brand new baby, okay, the egg gets fertilized and implants in the womb. New creation. Is it finished? No. It's beginning and it's going to grow and it's going to expand and get birth and then it's going to crop its diaper for a few years and it's going to do this and then it's going to grow up and potty train and then it's going to go to school and like... There is so much more to the new creation than just, I did that. You are a new creation. Get used to it. It's your new identity. You're a child of God. If your parents are screw-ups and they're not doing it all right, guess what? You're a child of God, and he's not a screw-up, and he's got it figured out, and you're a new creation fully adopted into his family, and his face is delighting over you. But like any child, there has to come a point where you submit to the process of being raised and helped and challenged and this and that. It's kind of like, I'm trying to potty train Maisley right now. Sorry, I'm, you know, make, embarrassing her. But she, there's like, there's only so much we can do. We got a sticker chart on the wall. And when she fills the sticker chart for peeing on the potty, she gets to go to the store and get a new baby. Still, like every day, she's like, she's got her underwear on, you know, she'll be standing somewhere and all of a sudden she's like, I peed, like puddle. It's like, don't you want the baby? Yeah, I was like, I got to clean the carpet again. She's like, I was like, why did you go to the potty? I don't want to. She has to submit to the process or it can't, the great abundance and blessing cannot be delivered. Do you understand that the baby cannot, she can't go get her new baby doll till she submits to the process and says, okay, I got to, you know, literally get my big girl pants on and go to the potty and do my thing, which she knows how to do. It's just a stubbornness in her heart that's like, nope, didn't feel like it. Go ahead and clean that up. (laughs) It's silly with little children, but look at your life right now. Look at your life right now. Are there people calling you up to a better way of living with a greater reward available and you're gone, nah, got my own thing. Don't tell me what to do. It's not, it's, you, <laughs> oh, no, but I'm so mature. Stop. 
Seriously, if you're not submitting to the process, if God is calling you to get up in the morning and read your Bible, submit to the process. I'm too tired. I stayed up playing Fortnite till like 2 in the morning. I can't get up that early. Fine. You submitted to the Fortnite process just fine. And I, oh, here we go. I'm going to add to the owl right now. You will submit to the God that's your, that your heart is given to. You will. Without question. You were wired to worship. Every action you take, every word you speak, every thought that you have, every emotion that comes out is an act of worship to the God that you have put on the throne of your life. So take an assessment. This isn't judgment. This is just wake up. Time to pee in the potty. Okay? I know. Silly. Right? Hmm. That's one passage I'm going to read. There's more. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. The new creation life. This is Colossians 3, like one chapter over. Live as one who has died to every form of sexual sin and impurity. Died to it. Dead. Not like... Yeah, maybe. Okay. Died to it. I know. And you're like, oh, Ben, you're going to talk about that again. No, we'll talk about a whole bunch of things. Okay. Live as one who has died to disease and desires for forbidden things, including the desire for wealth, which is the essence of idol worship. When you live in these vices, you ignite the anger of God against these acts of disobedience. Again, I want you to understand you do. You ignite the anger of God when you walk in disobedience. But, as I said before, it is not the anger of God upon you. It's the anger of God upon sin and the disobedience and the brokenness that it causes. Because I tell you what, my kids do things that sometimes make me angry, but it's not anger at them. It's anger at what I see it's going to cause for their life. Do you get that? I just get so, like, my heart, I'm like... I can't express this in anything other than I'm so angry that you don't see the effect that this would have on your life. That's it. It's not that I hate them. You couldn't make me hate my kids. My kids can't make me hate them. Cannot. I guarantee it with all my life. There is nothing my children could do to make me hate them. I have covenanted my heart and my life before God that that is a truth that I will stand by my whole life. They don't have to perform for me to stay in my love. Does that mean that I will just be like, good job, hooray, you did it, stupid, okay? Do you understand that love is different than agreement? Because there are things that my kids will do that will break my heart because I see further down the road than they do, but my love will be unchanged for my children by their behavior. Am I perfect in that? I don't know yet. I'm still young enough. But I've committed my heart because I know that's how God is with me. So if he can do it, I, by his spirit who lives inside me, can do it too. Not because I'm so good and so strong and so wonderful, but because his spirit lives in me and I know that his love doesn't change when I screw up. His love doesn't change when I absolutely rock it for a week. When I preach a really good message and I do a really good counseling appointment, somebody gets delivered and saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit, God doesn't love me more. Because His love is unconditional. 
up or down. It's solid for you as well. That's a crazy reality you have to learn to walk in is to understand that you're a child of God. You're not some orphan. He is your father and he looks at your life and says, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. I wish you wouldn't do that because it's going to hurt you. I love you. Don't do that. (laughs) Do this. This would be really good. You get a new baby. Like, if you pee in the potty, get it? That's the reference, okay? Because he wants to, he wants you to, prosper. Okay, I'm going to move on. That's how you once behaved, characterized by your evil deed, but now it's time to eliminate them from your lives once and for all. This is a good list right here. Anger, fits of rage, all forms of hatred, cursing, filthy speech, and lying. Lay aside your old Adam self with its masquerade and its disguise. That's the Bible. Lying, anger, deceit, hiding stuff, slinking around going like, I got away with it. No, you did not. Stop lying to yourself. Stop lying to yourself. You got away with nothing because the Spirit of God knows your heart and He knows you're what you're doing. And the Spirit of the devil takes hold of your life when you think you got away with sin. Then you're just bound to go after it again. You're like, I got away with it once. Why not do it again? You got away with nothing. So don't think you're so sneaky and such a good liar. My mom has no idea what I'm up to. Man, this is awesome. Guess who you're not living to please? Your mom is not who you're meant to live to please. Do you understand that? So if you get away with it with mom, so what? Our lives are to be lived unto God. And guess what? He saw it. So you're fooling yourself to go, sweet, that was close. And you know the feeling when you did something and you walk and you live with the burden of, oh my gosh, what if they find out? Oh my. (sighs) Yeah, that's freedom. You're such a rebel. You really showed them. You're living under a burden because you think... You got away with something. You're not walking in freedom. You're not walking in independence. You're a slave. That's just truth. When you walk in disobedience, you are a slave to the devil. There's never freedom in that place. Once. Not ever. Okay? I know I'm mean tonight. I'm sorry. And I'm not really sorry. Okay? Oh, this is, I'm going to get right past this. Okay. For you have acquired a new creation life, which is continually being renewed into the likeness of the one who created you, giving you the full revelation of God. You are being made like Christ when you submit to the process. When you say, okay, this isn't working. God, it's time to put in the work. What does it take? To make my life right before you. How do I find your face that I can behold the delight that you have over my life? If you know he's delighted about you, you need to go find his face so you can confirm it. Okay? Go find his face so you can go, oh, they were right at Airborne. But that takes going and finding the face of God. In this new creation life, I love this. Oh my gosh. Your nationality makes no difference. Your ethnicity, education, or economic status, they matter nothing. 
for it is Christ that means everything as he lives in every one of us. And the next little section goes on to talking about loving one another. That's a byproduct. Do you understand? The byproduct is like understanding who you are in Christ. And I'm telling you, in this nation that we're living in, and the cultural, like, political turmoil and the craziness with, like, the race battles and the, all of this, like, my gosh, what if none of that actually matters? What if Jesus is not coming back for his black bride and his white bride and his Hispanic bride and his Chinese bride? What if Jesus is coming back for his church? We're going to have to figure out how to look at people that are different from us, whether it's nationality, whether it's sexual preference, whether it's their way of living, whether and go like, you know what? It's God that brings transformation in people's lives, not my judgment and not my statements. I'm telling you, with what God is going to do through this group and other groups in this region in the next couple years, we are going to get every type of person imaginable walking through the doors of this room. Every single one. We've been praying for it for years now. That God would bring different people. Those of us here that have grown up in church our whole lives, it's really easy for us to just be comfortable around church people. Oh, man. And, and those of us who have grown up in, like, never go to church, it's, like, really easy to just go in that world and see the church world. is like, well, they are weird. I'm a church kid. I'm weird. Okay? But that's part of the beauty of what God is going to do is we're going to wipe out these weird divisions that say, you're this, you're that, you're not, you are. That's crap because that's division and god is coming for a united church of people that are saying we love because we know who we are we don't love because we try really hard even though they're mean to us it's we actually love so what does that look like find the face of god right now because if you can't find the face of god right now and figure out who you are the, the different people are going to walk in this room and you're going to be like, mm, yeah, I don't know, they should be here. Because you're still stuck in looking at man's way of seeing people. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So can we learn to understand that our heart is what God sees and he's called us his children? So regardless of the type of people that walk in this room, we say, wow, God loves their heart. And we let the Holy Spirit come and do what he's done in every one of our lives that if you know what I'm talking about, it's happening and has happened. You've had encounters and you've come out of them, come out of them transformed. If we want to see lives transformed in this place, we say, wow, God loves your heart to every type of person that walks in this room. That's what that looks like. And you get over your own petty insecurities and all this stuff and jealous rage. And if someone walks in that you feel threatened by because they might be cuter and they might steal the boy that you like, find their heart and say, God loves your heart. Welcome to this place. Okay? Oh, that's real. That crap is real. You'll see someone walk in this place and be like, ooh, nah, uh They, mm, no, this is 
I don't have to flesh that all out because you know exactly what those feelings are. They're a threat to my position here. Worship people, if somebody walked in this room that was an absolute vocal rock star, took your spot on the stage, how dare they? I don't want anyone to know that they can sing because I got my spot. Like, come on, people. That is such crap. I love the fact that we have got like this crazy good diet the last like six months of preachers and speakers that have come to share with you guys. I'm not threatened by that. I'm like, come on. Yes, variety. We love seeing this stuff happen. Because I see the heart of people that want to bring the truth of God's love to you and all of your lives. And I'm not going to look. If I get unseated and never preach in this room again, praise God if God's truth is being revealed in this place. This is not mine. God has put me here for right now to preach when it works, when it's time, whatever. But this is not my identity right here. I could lose my voice forever tonight and never preach again. And my identity would never change an ounce. Because I'm a child of God, not a preacher, not a pastor. That's a role that I am and what I've called, been called to do. But your identity can never be rooted in something that could change. Or you're setting yourself up for disaster. That's crazy. That's a whole other teaching. And we're out of time tonight. I'm sorry. Anyway, I don't know where to go with this. Can I just challenge you guys in the coming couple of weeks here as you launch into school is don't get caught up in wondering what everyone's going to think of your clothes and your hair and your book bag and the sh- Look, I'm serious. I get it. It's a real part of our culture and reality, but it can also become the God of your entire world and life is what are they going to think? Who's going to laugh at me? What if I don't have the right shoes? What if, I, what if I love this outfit that I went and bought and everyone laughs on the first day of school? Anybody ever thought those things? Mm-hmm. They're like, no, I'm not going to say anything. They'll laugh at me now. Okay, like... Can we get beyond the petty, stupid things that do not last and do not matter because your identity can't be set in that? Your identity can't be set in your book bag. Who cares? Get the cheesy little 99-cent one off the rack and rock it like you're awesome because you're a son of God. Please. Because if you can't be confident without the label on your clothing... You're missing where your confidence comes from. Okay? Your hairdo, whatever you call it. Stand up. Oh, man. Stand up. Stay connected. Okay? I'm going to wrap this thing up. Look at me. This isn't judgment zone. This is call you up because I don't want you pooping your diapers anymore. Okay? Okay? I love you. This is a place of like, look, look at your life right now. And if all the different people of your world start walking in this room on Wednesday night and all they see is the same world they see at school, we have a problem. If they don't feel and sense and see a different spirit in this place, then we have an identity crisis in this room. We're just playing the same game they're playing at public high school and we say we love Jesus in the process. If you're a new creation, then you're different. 
I mean that. And the world's going to recognize the difference in your life. Does that mean you suddenly became perfect? No. But they're saying, wow, I remember them at the end of last school year and they came back first day of school. What happened? Are you changing? That's the question. Are you growing toward the face of God and the delight that He has for you? Do you understand how amazing you are? Because that changes the way you approach every situation in life. Is like, no, I'm the son. I'm not worried. I'm not afraid. I'm not freaked out. And you want to actually make a mark in your school? My gosh, that's the way to do it. Stand and be bold and be like, please. That's not what I'm here for. I'm not here to impress you. I'm here to show you the light of God that's all over my life. It's possible. I know you're going like, like if you're feeling overwhelmed by that thought and that, I don't know how to do that. Get in the face of God. He'll do it. Submit to the process. That's what it looks like. So put your hands up for 10 seconds. Say, God, thank you that I'm loved and adopted. God, fill my heart with a new revelation of my identity. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, man, I love you guys. Have a really awesome week. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.